We begin with the letter A. A is for... M is for murder. E is for... Danger! And, uh... Dodge. With... Monster. Help! Love me and be... Please! Help! Yeah. <laughs> Just say the name of the show, butt munch. <laughs> um, welcome to um, <clears throat> this sucks. Change it. <laughs> Nothing, neither one. I was hoping it would be like a thing and you guys would do it too. Whatever. I hate you guys. Okay. You were anyway. doing both the parts. What do you, I mean, do you want to come in as Hank? Well, Hill? I wasn't doing Damn either it, one of them well. They were both terrible. I was anyway. Just... See where it was gonna go. It's not going anywhere. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode <laughs> of the Is4 podcast. We're off to a roaring start. Joining me this evening, the one and only butt munch danger. I uh have been known to munch a butt. I, yeah, sure. And but, but. on the other side, this dill hole sarge. Oh, I'm a dill hole, huh? Mm. <laughs> Phenomenal. If you couldn't, if you couldn't tell from this exquisite no complaints intro tonight, we are discussing the letter B is for Beavis and Butthead. Do you guys have any love for this show, Sarge? Yes. Let, let, let's start with you, Sarge, and then we'll go to Danger. Sarge, how do you feel about Beavis and Butthead? I used to sneak out and try to watch the show once my parents went to bed when it was on late night on like MTV and stuff like that. Why did that. you have to do that? You were like 24 when this show aired. <sighs> Sorry, no. please continue. No, I wasn't. And then, I, then when I used to go to my friend's house, like hang out and stuff like that, we would watch it all the time because his parents let him watch it all the time. It was great. Yeah, and how about uh, you, Danger? Oh, I, uh, I loved it. I, uh, I remember I actually got exposed to it when I was, uh, I don't know, a young tyke. Um, no, it was uh, actually uh, Liquid Television on MTV before I even knew what it what it was. Like, I just had no idea. I just found this thing. I was like, this is kind of a cool thing. I, I like this. But then you know later, watches Beavis and Butthead, and we weren't allowed to watch. Uh, MTV all the time. Sometimes we were, sometimes we weren't. But we were never allowed to watch Jefferson Butthead. But mm-hmm. I still did. <laughs> I still did. <laughs> similar to uh, similar to Sarge, I would sneak over to, or not sneak, but I would sneak it at friends' houses and stuff. But mm-hmm. uh, when that movie came out, <laughs> that movie was a uh, was a special, special place, special, special time, special place in my heart. Um, but that, uh, um, you know, Red Hot Chili Peppers. Just they their their song for that movie that soundtrack was just Chef's Kiss, and we and we will get to the movie in a little bit. Um, I would hope so. so. I hope we're not going to talk Beavis and Butthead and leave out <laughs> Do America. I know, no, right? of course not, of course not. Uh, similar to you guys, I watched it a lot when I was younger. Um, probably too young to actually have been watching it, but it was one of those shows that my dad also found really funny. So what would happen is mom would go to bed and me and dad would stay up and watch Beavis and Butthead. And there's something about when my dad laughs, it makes stuff even funnier to me. (laughs) So he would just giggle and it would make me laugh. And we had a great time watching that show. I actually owned them all on DVD. (laughs) Like that's how into the Mm. show I got is I actually Mm. bought all the box sets and um, yeah, it's, I, one of my all-time favorite shows, for sure. 
Now, I do want to ask you about the DVD. Mm -hmm. And this is something I actually learned a while back and because I find an interest in this. Does the DVD that you have have all of the original episodes? Um, you know, I think I think now that you're bringing that up, I think there was one or two that they didn't put on there for like legal reasons and stuff. And there is a little bit of controversy around some Beavis and Butthead stuff. Mm -hmm. and we'll get to that as well. And I think because I, I don't think they put Frog Baseball on there because that was, uh, yeah, that was deemed in poor taste as time went on. <laughs> it there was, was not in poor taste. So do you have anything in your notes? And if you do, I'm not going to, uh, I'm not going to jump ahead, but do you have anything in your notes about where um, other territories, um, Australia and whatnot, Australia and Japan mainly, they actually have where they have um, either put in things that have been edited out of us of, you know, DVD releases and stuff like that. No. Mm. Okay. Do you want me to talk about that now? Or do you want me to wait until we get to later? I mean, I could do either. Let me, yeah. So let me go ahead and get the ball rolling on kind of okay. the history of, of how the show got on the air and everything. And yeah, then once we I'm get quite to, curious about that. Yeah. I think most people know by now, but the show was created by a guy named Mike judge. Um, oh, Mike judge. Mike judge is one of the, calmest most down-to-earth brilliant comedic minds i've ever ever witnessed i actually he, compare that to what we've talked about with horror directors how they are yeah unseeming like just unassuming all around and mike judges the exact same thing in my opinion when i was doing research for this i listened to a couple of interviews he did like with uh joe rogan and david letterman and stuff and he is just the most sounds like a guy at a barbecue he's yep. I, I mean and he sounds like Hank Hill. Like that's just <laughs> what he sounds like in his day-to-day -day yeah. life. But to know that things like office space and idiocracy and Beavis and Butthead all came from that same brain. I mean, it's, it's pretty fantastic. So, mm -hmm. so in 1985, Mike judge graduated college with a degree in physics. So not only was he hilarious, but he's also pretty smart just in general. He started off doing like engineering jobs. Uh, he even worked for a company called Parallax Graphics in Silicon Valley. But he knew that Parallax wasn't really graphics. It just sounds like hoity toity. Yeah. So then he started playing bass and he actually played bass with a blues musician named Anson Funderburg, who's apparently a pretty big blues guy. Casey, your dad might be familiar I'd with him. <laughs> never heard the name probably is. I never yeah. have. Um, which speaking of your dad, you know, your dad and my dad being such good friends. Uh, yeah. I find it funny that my dad never liked music, but had, <laughs> and had no interest in it whatsoever. Um, and I imagine in a certain state, your dad probably has a bit of a laugh like, uh, butthead. <laughs> <laughs> a little, but, a little, yeah. a little. So as this, as as uh, Mike Judge was kind of doing this, he went to the University of Dallas, and while he was there, he attended this animation festival, and he sort of became obsessed with with some of the animation, some of the art that he saw, and he actually referred to that animation festival as a life changing experience. So after he went mm -hmm. to that, he bought himself a sixteen millimeter camera and started to work on his first animated short. Do you know what that very first animated short was? No, but I am I'm interested in all of this because Beavis and Butthead and King of the Hill are it's not good animation. <laughs> it's, no, it's, it's not. 
So no, that's what's so that's what's so good about it is Mm -hmm. is it's nostalgic when you look at it. It's nostalgic now to what to what Monster said. I thought all college experiences was like a life changing experience. Well, um, I I went to community college and took me three years to get a two year degree. So I'm not the one to ask. <laughs> well, I went to community college and dropped out. They went back, and so you know I've uh, I've got the same amount of time that you do, monster. Um, yeah. But mine's spread out amongst different things. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess in a way it changed my out. life. I don't know. No, no. But so after he started doing this, his first animated short was called Milton's office space and you can actually look this up on youtube it's it's basically the scene from the movie office space where the boss comes in he's talking to milton and milton's kind of like you know mumbling yeah exactly but you can already tell with the way it's drawn it looks like a beavis and butthead episode like that's very much just his his art style style yeah so he made that short and he started reaching out to television stations and animated festivals and stuff. And eventually Comedy Central called him and they wanted the uh, Office Space short. And so it, it aired on I, before it was Comedy Central. I think they called it the Comedy Channel. Um, yeah, I think so. but, but they had a little animated show on that as well. But then in 1992, Mike Judge was watching MTV and he saw a show called Liquid Television. Now I know uh Danger you mentioned Liquid Television earlier. Sarge, did you ever watch that? I did. That's when all the good shows came on. Yeah, see, that Liquid was another TV. one. So weird. Yeah, Just me mad. and my dad used to watch that one too. Um and and for anybody that's not familiar, it's almost like a collection of animated shorts from all kinds of different artists. Sometimes they're funny. Sometimes they're action. Sometimes they're gross, but they're, they're great. It's a very eclectic mix of stuff. Another show that got its start on there that became really, really popular was a show called Eon Flux, um, yeah. which was in a movie with Charlize Theron. Yeah. Theron. Yeah. Know. The less said the about the movie, great. the better. Yeah. yeah. Fair enough. But the show is neat. There's also a few different full-length anime features that start on it. Uh, Vampire mm-hmm. Hunter D, the, oh, his, yeah. the the first one showed up on that. Uh, Narcissica, Ooh, that. The Wind, mm-hmm. aired on uh, on 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 Liquid TV. There's one more, like the original. I want to say it's Macross, the the Robotech precursor. Macross, I think, is what it was. Aired on there as well. Okay. So, do you know who actually had a huge hand in the programming? lineup basically for liquid television who alex winter from bill and ted okay that makes yeah. sense he had a huge hand so like there's actually a movie that alex winter directed and a terrible movie just garbage <laughs> but you see liquid television all over it but it's uh if you go back and you watch you know liquid television you see the commercials and stuff alex winter is all over it like there's one I remember where he was uh, in the trunk of a car and talking about what's coming up in the middle of somebody stabbing him in the ba- in the trunk of his car and like in like writhing in pain and screaming, but then like talking about the shows at the same time and what's coming <laughs> up. It was quite bizarre. You can find that on YouTube. I tell you, man, MTV in the '90s was like the Wild West, man. There was some really was. They still showed music videos, but the oh. other programming around it was just bonkers. Yeah, I mean, it was they were them, between oh. them and VH1's like Insomniac Music Theater 
Mm-hmm. I mean, there was always something to watch at some right. point. Right. So whenever Judge reached out to Liquid Television, uh, to MTV, and wanted to do this show, um, they were like, yeah, we, we like that Milton's office space thing that you did. And he said, well, I've got this other short I want to show you and see if you like it. And that was Frog Baseball uh, from Beavis and Butthead. And that was the the very first Beavis and Butthead thing that was ever put on. Now, like, like we were saying earlier... Um, it's literally two bumbling idiots playing baseball with a frog. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's, yep. that's all there is to it. Yep. The animation's terrible. The dialogue is crude. The beating of the frog with a baseball bat is a little bit rough to look at. Um, <laughs> even if, even though it's animated, it's still... Yeah. Yes, yes. There's a reason they don't uh, show that very often <laughs> anymore. It's not on the DVDs. But you can see the spark. You can see the beginning of it. So basically, MTV said, this is great. We want to do a whole series out of this. And my judge said, oh, shit. And yeah. So and I was I was listening to a few interviews with them. And judge basically says that it went on for months and months and months. And he was scared they were going to walk away. And he just wanted to, you know, so he sold the rights to Beavis and Butthead to MTV for eighteen thousand dollars. Now, it's, it's rough. Luckily for him, and he's he's kind of like I said, some of these interviews, he basically said that that was a terrible thing to do. Mm-hmm. But they kept him on because they were like, hey, it's your baby. We want it to be done the way you want it done. And over the years, he's basically gained control back. And he said in one interview with uh, Joe Rogan, I think in like 2022, that his lawyer actually discovered something like in the massive contract. They were like, hey, man, they owe you a lot of money for these. Good, for, good for Mike so, Judge. So, yeah, he's he's going to be all right. Um, yeah. So I wonder, when, like, are they still paying in royalties? Do you know? Or well, they just I, launched another movie, didn't they? Yes, yes, and we'll get to that movie in a, in in a few minutes. So, because Frog Baseball did so well, MTV offered Judge a series spanning sixty five episodes. Ooh. Judge is was that like, over multiple seasons. Did he say, or is it just like well, that the, just episodes? It was just you basically like, like we want sixty five episodes of these two guys, and Judge was just sort of like. Uh, it's kind of like one joke. I'm sort of already out of ideas, (laughs) but, but of course he said, sure, I'll do it. But the thing is, is he was doing it all by hand by himself. And he said Mm -hmm. it would take him literally weeks to do like 20 seconds of animation. Like it was, it was ridiculous. So by the time they were slotted to start airing, he only had two of the 65 episodes finished. MTV was like, give it to us, give it to us right now. And they played the hell out of those two episodes just on repeat over and over while judge worked on the other episodes. Mm -hmm. So for those people who don't know how the animation works for shows like Beavis and Butthead, hand drawn shows would be like early Simpsons, stuff like that. I believe even early family guy was hand drawn. It was, um, yeah, I think so, so what they have to do is they have to draw each individual movement and still and everything like that over and over and over again. It's like they take a picture and they Xerox it, and each Xerox has some minor change to it. They make mm-hmm. a picture book, a flip book with it. It takes forever. 
See, nowadays so, you just throw it into a computer and mm-hmm. you can sort of set up algorithms and sort of like set patterns of movement and stuff that you can animate stuff relatively quickly. Um, a really good example of this is South Park. If you keep the animation simple enough, you can churn and burn these cartoon episodes really, really fast, mm-hmm. which again, part of South Park's charm is it's so topical Beavis and Butthead. Obviously that's not how they were doing it. And even like you said, the Simpsons back in the day now, you know, obviously 30 years later, the Simpsons is a little different than when it first started, Yeah, but, but that's why the Simpsons sort of steered clear from pop culture references that were like, as of right that minute, Yeah, they would reference things that were a little more, timeless or you know like they would make a joke about a president because okay you got four years you know right it you could kind of do that a little bit different but beavis and butthead especially in the early days other than a couple of very minor gags and we'll get to some of that here in a minute most of it was its own universe yeah um mm-hmm. The only thing that was a little bit more like outside was the music video parts. And if you actually pay attention to those, a lot of that is just recycled animation. They're just doing different dialogue on top of it. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's why I love like the old school, like Akira and uh, again, the old school Simpsons family guy, the old school and flux stuff like that. Is because it is hand drawn, and the action sequences in some of those shows for being hand drawn is ridiculous. Another one of my favorite animated shows growing up was Ren and Stimpy, and <laughs> one of the deals with which that shouldn't surprise anybody. Um, no. One of the things about that show was that Ren was never supposed to be drawn with the same face twice. He was supposed to constantly make these ridiculous faces and stuff, and again you kind of lose some of that charm when you go into the digital versus the actual hand-drawn animation, you know? Well, okay. So not to get too far off on, on this, but I don't know if you guys know this, but to make an episode of Futurama actually took an entire year to make it because what they would do is they had their primary artist that would draw a scene or, you know, a, a frame and they would actually send all of them off to, if you watch an episode of Futurama at the end of it, it says rough draft Korea gets a title card Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. they would actually ship off all of the uh, frames to rough draft Korea. And they would do all of the filler frames and they would Mm -hmm. handle all of them. And then they would send them back. And then the guys at Futurama would then take those and put them into a computer and composite the 3d um, effects of it or 3d framework at all. So that's kind of how they bridge the gap of the two. So I actually don't think they lost any charm in Futurama. Oh, Futurama, absolutely. I love that oh, show. Oh, Futurama was fantastic. It's actually a show I'll fall asleep to on a regular basis. Like, it's just interesting enough for me not to care anymore, but I can still <laughs> stand and watch it. I, I tried really hard to get into Futurama, and I just... I don't dislike it. I think it's okay. Like, I, I, don't, I don't mind it when it's on, but I, it never hooked me. It never hooked me like some of the other shows did. That's, I mean, I mean that, that's it's, fine. We, Your opinion's wrong, and that's okay. We each have a show that if we walk past the television, like, okay, so they used to sell televisions and storefront windows, and they used to have <laughs> the news and all this other stuff in it, for all for all those who, who don't know this, right? And they, Back they in the still, 70s and 80s. 80s and 90s. I know you think you're talking to your demographic of 1822 <laughs> folk, but... 
everybody that's listening remembers a lot of this stuff, Sarge. Go ahead. You remember Circuit City? Yeah. <laughs> Radio but, uh, Shack. But it's oh. like you will you would walk past oh. these that hurt these shows on these old school tube TVs and CRT TVs. Oh, not the tubes. Stop. You you you'd stop because you get drawn into a particular show that you like to watch. Even and you though you could yourself... hear it like behind the glass of the window, you would yeah. still stand there in front of the window and watch. You okay. would. So I Absolutely. mean, we all have those shows that would make would, that would stop us in our tracks. Like, oh, what was I doing? Yeah. Well, right. Sarge's sad childhood aside, um, <laughs> back to Beavis and Butthead. <laughs> so it was a great childhood. I only for... watched TV at the store. <laughs> <laughs> so for anybody who's who lives under a rock, Beavis and Butthead essentially the show centers around these two. I hesitate to say lovable dimwits, but there's there's something you kind of root for them, even though there is nothing like good about these two characters. Mm-hmm. It's literally the two of them just doing the most pretty much every episode revolves around these two doing some form of vandalism, making sexist comments and just generally missing the point of everything around them. <laughs> um it's it's a completely satirical portrayal of teenagers in the 90s and it's one of those shows where you either get it or you don't and it's either you pick up on the sarcasm and the satire or you take it at face value and it's the dumbest shit you've ever seen and and to be honest with you for me it's a little bit of both yeah and that's kind of why i love it well i think those that get it the have the same view on it it's like you kind of see both sides of it yeah and you see the humor and the one side fighting the other side basically now in addition to the bulks of the episode which was what i just described there were also these segments where the two of them would sit on their couch and watch music videos and they would commentate on them some of that was some of the funniest stuff on on the show and what's really interesting about some of that and if you want to know more there's a great youtube channel called the punk rock mba yeah and he talked yes i love his channel and he actually did an episode about how beavis and butthead saved music videos you know and and we'll get into this a little bit further into the future in this episode but as far as the lasting impact of Beavis and Butthead, how many YouTube channels and YouTubers make literally a living off of just commentating on new music videos or their reviews of movies? And it's like, yeah, that started right here with these two assholes. And it was stupid then. And it's kind of stupid now. <laughs> mystery, sci- mystery Science Theater. Yes, yes. 2000. Mm-hmm. Now yeah, I didn't see one. I didn't see uh, Finn McKinty's episode on Beavis and Butthead, which I kind of want to look it up. But it's, it's good, it's a good one. It's, it's funny to me that he's that he did one on that because what you're saying that people made a living off of is exactly what he does. Yes, exactly. Does he, does he at least say that in the episode? I would imagine it's been a minute since it came out. It came out a couple years ago, but I know I've right. seen it. Um, yeah. But I would have to imagine, because he's a smart guy. He's, he's. Yeah. I'm sure he's aware of the fact that stuff like Beavis and Butthead paved the way for what he's doing currently. He actually has a second channel um, because he just was having to, so much content yeah. come out. It was getting lost called the 
uh, punk rock WNBA. No, kidding. Um, but it's uh, yeah, it's okay. That's a good look. I, I appreciate that. It's uh, I approve. Anyway, um, it's about a fraction of the viewers and makes way less money on it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I mean, you know, he he you know had a need to put out more content. So you know, no. Um, again, so if you like go to YouTube, you can look up these. Um, because on the DVDs, the Beavis and Butthead DVDs, the only thing that I'm kind of bummed about is that the music videos are not in the episodes Mm -hmm. they're separated so you can watch the episodes and then each disc has a a selection of music videos and there's something about the flow of an episode where you're kind of like getting into the story then they take a two-minute break for a music video and then back to the story like there was something kind of fun about that but if you go to YouTube, you, there's hundreds of these MTV music video clips of them talking over it and stuff. If I may recommend one in particular, they do uh, Pantera, This Love. Mm-hmm. Big fans of Pantera, Butthead and Beavis are both big metalheads. So uh, they're watching This Love and anybody that knows that song, it starts off kind of slow and then gets real heavy. And uh, I think it's Butthead who says... Um, that Pantera guy must have got his ass kicked by his dad a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so, so funny. Do you know why the music videos aren't on the DVDs? Well, they are on the DVDs. They're just not, not mixed in with them. the episodes. Okay. Well, it's not I'm sure there's a copyright thing. Yeah, and it's similar to the uh, to why uh, Wonder uh, the Wonder Years had took so long to get released because it was just they had to get a uh, copyright approval and all for sure. all the music videos. But uh, something that you can do is if you really want to go out of your way and hunt down uh, VHS copies and or DVDs because uh, they, you know, cut them together from overseas, you can actually get all of those, you know, Beavis and Butthead episodes that have the music videos. Now, and I may be incorrect on this, but I think another reason that it's not set up that way on the American DVDs, like they're separated is in, again, I don't know if there's in, you know, this or not, but I feel like they might have sort of mixed that up. Like one time they might show an episode and they'll show a Pantera video, but then the next time Mm -hmm. they might show a King diamond video or the next time they might show a Whitney Houston video. Like, I don't know if it was set like this episode has this music video. You know what I mean? It was. Um, it was? Okay. When, okay. when it aired on MTV, it was. Yeah. Okay. So every time, like, the episode Citizen's Arrest was on, whatever the music video breaks were, it was that every single time it aired? So okay. From what I understand, yes. Yeah. Okay. I mean... You're probably I think, right. If I remember correctly, it was when uh, the videos that they did that to, they commentated to, were trending videos of that time. Right. Or, yeah. of, of, or, or of, like, within that time time frame and it was a way to actually integrate the music television aspect of the channel it was on into TV, something so that, that sense. right yeah. and it, it it absolutely worked like now they don't even try i mean they no. haven't it's the rob deerdeck network at this point it doesn't matter but at least in those days they were wrong. like they were like let's make this edgy content that young viewers are going to get into but hey, it's music television, so we still have to keep a music, you know, part of it. Speaking of which, Beavis and Butthead's T-shirts. Now, for a couple extra credit points, what band was on Butthead's shirt? 
Metallica. Yeah. No. ACDC, wasn't it? Yes. Oh. Beavis had Metallica. Oh, okay. Sorry. For extra, extra points, what band shirt did their little wiener friend Stuart always wear? Oh, my gosh. It was red, wasn't it? No. Nope. It was I kind of remember. a, I think it was, I don't remember what the color of the shirt was now. I think it was blue or no, black. Beavis was, Beavis was blue. Black yeah, but Stuart, Stuart wasn't always around. Stuart just popped up every once in a while, a little blonde. You asked us the question. You should, I know, have right? you should have the answer. Well, the shirt said winger. I don't remember the name of the, the, the color of the shirt. I just remember he always wore a winger t-shirt. All right. But which uh, Kip uh, winger. So, okay. So a little, sidebar here kip winger the singer from winger actually sort of said he doesn't blame mtv or beavis and butthead for winger not having a super successful career but he does say like it's kind of tough when you're the butt of a joke every week for years (laughs) (laughs) because because stewart and, and we'll get into some of the side characters here in a minute, but Stuart was like the one little dweeb that Beavis and Butthead could actually kind of push around. Mm-hmm. And that kid's favorite band was Winger. So you've got like ACDC, Metallica, they're watching videos by like King Diamond and Danzig, and they're talking about how great it is. And then they show like silly hair metal, like Quiet Riot and Winger, and they make fun of it and they trash it. So I could imagine that like that could have again, you know, back in the day, it's hard to imagine that, you know, in 2023, but back in the day in the nineties, a show like MTV is getting millions of viewers. Yeah. That could absolutely sort of sway your music career a little bit. So for anybody that doesn't know the band winger, I'm going to sum it up really easily they were really, really good at being average. And if you look at their musical career, they really achieved the middle. That's it. All right. Middle of the road right there. Right. Picture. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Think about a hair metal band. That's really good. And then deduct like five or six cool points from them. And you got winger. Like you got your Motley crew up here and you got your, your, Winger down there. How many? How many? How many cool points do we deduct to get them to to do that five. level? He said five, but five I thought six, you were going to huh? say like Look, picture a hair metal that's really good, and then take away the good. So Winger's just really. <laughs> so, if, they, so if Winger is five, five or six below cool, does that make three eleven, seven or eight, maybe nine below cool? Three eleven's not hair metal, dude. That's it a whole matter. different. We're thing. just using we're using your band scale here. No, no, three eleven is five. Just like Winger, because three plus two is five. <laughs> <laughs> three plus eleven is fourteen, and that's not that, that's not scored... that's not making your case. No, any no, no, better. no, 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 no. They scored three hundred and eleven points. They're way up there. <laughs> Negative three hundred eleven points. <laughs> Look, I know they're dorky. I don't care. Okay, moving on. Look, so, okay. <laughs> in addition to to the popularity of the show, obviously everybody like. If anything was popular back in the 90s and early 2000s in one medium, it branched into every other medium they could do. So through 1994 through 1996, Marvel actually published a comic book, Beavis and Butthead, under the imprint Marvel Absurd. Yeah, if there was if there was something, there was a comic book of it. Yes. And then in 1996, they released the full length film Beavis and Butthead to America. 
It debuted at number one. Really? It had a budget of $12 million okay. and grossed $63 million. I That is a return. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> that is a return. Yeah, now, I would not have expected that. So uh, you had mentioned a, a fondness for the film uh, a few minutes ago. I know that I have seen it, but it has been years. Can you Do you want to give me like a little quick synopsis or some highlights from the film a little bit? All right. So, I'm sure it's been a minute since you've seen it too. <laughs> absolutely. And that was the next thing I was going to come out of my mouth. Like I do have a fondness for the film, but I have a fondness for the film in a way that it actually kind of kicked me in the butt, you know, nostalgic butt recently. And it was uh, when I went to watch the new show, the the new, you know, yeah. that's come out. and I haven't gotten around to watch the movie because I have a nostalgic love for that movie. 100%. Yeah. I watched You're it. You're scared to go back and watch it again. Time. Absolutely. Yep. I am. Um, like yep. I was, I've had that same thing happen to me within the past couple of years. <laughs> and I know that you're going to end up bringing up the, uh, the relaunch of the show, but, um, and I'll save more for that, but I was really disappointed in it. And I sure. think a part of that was because the nostalgic part sure. of me loves Beavis and Butthead more than the almost 40 year old me does so being probably the oldest person on this podcast show, by a leap and bound shut up uh I mean, <laughs> he, uh it's a generational i've had thing. i've had to learn to curb my expectations on relaunches and reboots and remakes mm-hmm. and everything like that because i am one of those old school like nostalgic people like i hate all the new star wars every single one of them Mm-hmm. The original three are the only two Star Wars films in my book. Just like, like I'm the original sure you got, Star Trek. I'm sure you got really upset when they rebooted the bicycle into a motorcycle, and it was just not quite the same for you. Well, well when they first introduced the model, when they first introduced the Model T, and he couldn't ride his horse to school anymore. It was a dark, dark day. So I've now, had to like temper my expectations, like when they redid the He Man cartoon. Right, sure. I thought sure. the remake was pretty good, and I wanted to go compare it to the original. Right, but if you compare <laughs> so you it to the original, if you compare the He-Man cartoon to the original, the original really was not that good, but it was great for what it was at the time. The new He-Man cartoon is actually pretty okay. good. I liked it a lot. So again, I think a big part of it is what level of love you had for the original IP. And a really good example of this for me is the Ren and Stimpy reboot. Ren and Stimpy was always one of those shows that had, it was very slapsticky, very gross out humor on the surface. And then there was a little bit of like an adult hinge underneath it. A little bit. Well, yes, a little bit, but then Spike TV tried to do their like updated version where it just turned into a whole bunch of gay jokes and it was the most like over the top sexualized nonsense. It's terrible. And I've seen so many people posting clips from the new episodes going, I can't believe we watched this when we were kids. You didn't watch that when you were kids. Mm -hmm. That's some bullshit they just threw up five years ago. This, they did a good cl- job of copying that animation style. Yeah, oh, absolutely. They got the, the weird, gross animation down, but it's mm-hmm. it's the content, the writing is so subpar compared to the original. And I think that 
I have not seen any of the newest episodes of Beavis and Butthead, but I did watch some clips and I know exactly what you're saying. It's kind of like what I was saying about the Simpsons earlier. The Simpsons animation style required some time. So they didn't try to throw out a whole bunch of like current event topics. Whereas with the new Beavis and Butthead, just with the few clips I watched, they're talking about playing Grand Theft Auto and they're talking about iPads. And it's like, like, I'm not saying they can't do that, but now you're dating it. Now you're, it doesn't exist in its own universe anymore. You know, right. and I, I like that better when it's its own world. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And actually to what Sarge was saying, um, when they rebooted Star Trek, I mean, they've redone Star Trek, you know, new series and whatnot within it. And that they actually have something to work to their advantage that they're in the future, like so far in the future that if they date that, they're dating it in star date, yeah. whatever. You know, and it was some of them have been better than other ones, which I, you know, I actually really like the newest show, The Strange New Worlds, but. Huh. I like, I, I like Lower Decks. I actually. Is that uh, the new animated one? It. Yes. It I looked kind of interesting. It. It's yeah. fun. I, I like it. It's funny. I, I like it. Yeah. So in addition to the popularity and all the cool stuff that was going on, there was a little bit of controversy that, that came up as well. Just a little. Just a little. little. So the the main the main big story that you guys have probably heard, but just still go through it here. There was a um there was a two-year-old little girl in Ohio who actually died when her five-year-old brother set their mobile home on fire uh using a cigarette lighter. The mother later claimed that their son had watched an episode of Beavis and Butthead where they said fire was fun. Now, in some of the very first episodes, Beavis had a real thing with fire, fire, fire. And he'd get all like, well, because of that. Well, well, okay. so back to the story. It was later revealed that the family didn't even have cable television. Is it possible the little boy might have seen it somewhere else? Yeah, maybe. But it like seems... Sarge and I at a friend's house, <laughs> right? But it seems more likely that even though this was a horrible, horrible thing, you know, I have two little girls. That I mean, that's a terrible thing to think about. It sounds like more like to me that maybe they thought they could cash in on the the situation. So yeah, five year old Tommy's going, "Hey, mom, I'm going to go buy some smokes. I'll be back." Goes watch an episode of Beavis and Butthead. What year was this? I don't remember. Uh, I don't remember, but it was around the, the popularity of the show. So probably in the, you know, Early 94, 90. 95, yeah. somewhere around that time. Um, now, I will say a couple funny things that came out of this is, uh, number one, Beavis was no longer allowed to say fire for a while. Oh, he yeah. later on was allowed to again. But for a while, what they did was, because Mike Judge is a genius, he wouldn't say fire anymore, but like, when they were working at Burger World and they're oh, standing there cooking fried fries, and Beavis would be like, "Fryer, fryer," like yeah. it, you know, little things like that. anything that sounded like fire, he would say. And you right. know, but the other thing is the, in my opinion, almost iconic intro before the show. Mm-hmm. That disclaimer came after all this happened. Now, What's really funny is there is an original draft that they were going to use and then they changed it. So here's the one that they used on the show. 
Beavis and Butthead are not role models. They're not even human. They're cartoons. Some of, th- some of the things they do would cause a person to get hurt, expelled, arrested, possibly deported. To put it another way, don't try this at home. The original version <laughs> was Beavis and Butthead are not real. They are stupid cartoon people completely made up by this Texas guy who we hardly even know. Beavis and Butthead are dumb, crude, thoughtless, ugly, sexist, self-destructive fools. But for some reason, the little wiener heads make us laugh. (laughs) (laughs) I think they should have kept that one. (laughs) So, I mean, why would you not want to watch... Beavis and Butthead as a kid. I mean, it was a cartoon with a parental advisory sticker on it. I, I know, mean, right? You made it I all mean, the more better. I remember, yeah. I remember when I was younger, what, going to the CD store and being real into like new metal and and that kind of stuff. And I would show my parents CDs that I wanted, and they would make a judgment call. They would say, "Okay, you know, parental advisory sticker, no, okay, blah blah blah." And I remember I went to the store one day and I said, "Dad, I want this album." And he looked at it and he said, no way. And I said, Dad, there's not even a parental advisory sticker on it. He said, it doesn't need one. The name of the band is Orgy. The name (laughs) of the album is Candy Ass. Put this back. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I uh, I can't blame him for that. But I mean. I got it eventually. It's all right. Yeah. Yeah. It was was a fine album. Yeah, but it's yeah, I can't blame him, but also at the same time, I don't remember anything on that album that would have been, you know, second. No, it's second not bad. It's really not bad. Ly- no. Lyrically, no, it's not. No. Um I remember so, going to Carousel or Disco Round. Oh, Disco Round, yes. And getting cassette tapes to put in my truck or my mm-hmm. car. Uh n- no, they're they're called eight tracks. They came out before cassettes did. I never had an eight track. I'd lie. I did have one car with an eight track. In. I knew you did. I did. <laughs> Nineteen seventy Lincoln Continental Mark III. You're supposed okay. to be saying things that make us stop making fun of your age. <laughs> at this point, at this point, it's it's all in good humor. It's it's okay. Yeah. I got ba- okay. I got baby face Ellen over here trying to grow facial hair. It it is and all a lumber good. sexual. I, it, I, I'm it, okay with it. It is in good humor, and you have watched the development of humor over the ages. And so, <laughs> no, it's so okay. So now that we're all like loose and laughing, doing research, you're kind of in the zone. You're reading a lot. You're listening to stuff. You're taking notes. I literally had to stop because I was laughing so hard. Okay, their names were mispronounced by South Carolina Democratic Senator Fritz Hollings as Buff Coat and Beaver. <laughs> now, Fritz. Yes. I don't think Fritz has a leg to stand on. So this became an ongoing joke within (laughs) the show. So this is hilarious. And I am going to read all of them to you now because this was cracking me up. So Tom Anderson, who was Beavis and Butthead's neighbors, called him Butthole and Joe (laughs) and claimed that they were of Asian ethnicity. He's also called them... (laughs) Penis and butt munch. <laughs> Bill Clinton referred to them as Beavis and Bumhead. The old lady in the movie Beavis and Butthead to America referred to him as Travis and Bobhead. Travis, what a wonderful name. 
in the episode <laughs> Incognito, they pretend to be foreign exchange students and go by the names Crevice and Bunghead. But Todd the bully sees through to the skies and calls them Beaver and Butt Plug. <laughs> <laughs> And then later on, uh, there's an episode called The Gus Baker Show, which is kind of a parody of Rush Limbaugh. And Rush Limbaugh's character calls them Beaver and Buffcoat again. Wasn't their neighbor basically? Uh-huh. Okay. Oh, I see. Oh, you're connecting yeah. the dots. Slow down. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. some <laughs> of the fun secondary characters, because everybody remembers Beavis and Butthead. But yeah. there was a little bit of an ensemble cast, and there were some other fun people in there. Um one of the things I noticed the other night while watch, rewatching some episodes, Principal McVickers. So he Beavis and Butthead drive him insane. He is constantly shaking, and they often color him red because he's fuming and he's he popping definitely pills. Definitely has high blood pressure. Yes. What was that? They had he had high fried blood pressure. Yeah, it just it wasn't coming out right. Yeah, guys, we have to stop. Danger had a stroke. <laughs> it's my high blood pressure. <laughs> Did you take the vaccine? Okay, anyway. Um, but anyway, so on the show, he what I didn't realize until just rewatching some episodes, his name card on the front of his desk, Vickers. The way it's drawn and written is does not look like Vickers. The nope. I and the, the the V and the I look like a U, and it's hilarious. It was like one of them little things that they just snuck in there to get away with. Um, and nobody caught it for years. No, no, no. Then there was Coach Buzzcut, and he was like a real hard ass, and he was always trying to make them do stuff they couldn't do. One of the funniest bits ever is when he's trying to teach them how to wrestle, and he's like down on the mat and he's kind of like behind Beavis, like in, in typical like high school wrestling form. But and Beavis, Robin, yes. But of course, Beavis assumes it's like a sexual assault and it is so mm. hilarious. It's, God, it's funny. Um, mentioned him earlier, Todd, the bully. He is basically this redneck garbage person, but Beavis and Butthead look up to him. And several episodes revolve around them trying to get in his gang and try to make Todd think they're cool. Stuart, we mentioned him earlier. He always wears a winger shirt, and he's kind of the one person Beavis and Butthead push around. And then there's Mr. Van Dreesen, who is their main high school teacher and he's like real hippy dippy and he kind of tries to see the good in them even though there is none to be seen now the two other characters that i want to talk about is who did you mention earlier sarge oh danger sorry oh yeah yeah yeah. you called on sarge if i'm sorry i'm sorry Daria starred in a couple episodes of beavis but at some point Yes, so that was one of the two that I wanted to bring up. So Daria, her thing, basically they thought her character was interesting enough that they wanted to do a spinoff of it. And I don't, I didn't go into too much detail on this, but all I know for sure is that Mike Judge basically said, sure, go ahead. He had nothing to do with the show. He didn't write it. He didn't do any voices. He was just... He basically signed off on the idea and just said, go for it. Which, based on what we learned about uh, Mike Judge's financial moves, uh, he probably could have made money off of Daria because that that went longer than Beavis and Butthead, didn't it? You know what? I don't know how long it went, but I know it was on for a while. and It was pretty popular. Uh, Yeah, no, it it was. um, It wasn't bad. I remember watching it. 
every yeah. every girl I knew watched Daria. So, uh, yeah. but then the other one, oh, uh, I can't. I don't remember the neighbor's name, but it was Tom Anderson. Yeah, it was pretty much Hank Hill. Pretty much Hank Hill. Yeah. yeah. So just not so much into uh, uh, heating components and propane. <laughs> no, that's yeah. Tom Anderson didn't make a big deal about propane and propane accessories. He uh, didn't but, have a boy named Bubba. No, damn it, Bubba. Uh, but yeah, you can see the beginnings of Hank Hill and Tom Anderson. Um, and for anybody that hasn't seen it, King of the Hill. Um, if you if you like the Simpsons and you like Beavis and Butthead, you can't really go wrong with King of the Hill. It's if in, you in like humor, if you like humor, pretty much. Yeah. yeah. Like I feel like King of the Hill is for my money being a huge, huge Simpsons fan. I feel like King of the Hill is about as close as you can get to that kind of mostly grounded in reality ensemble cast family cartoon kind of humor. Um, right. I never got into it as much as, the Simpsons, but it's really, really good. And uh, King of the Hill is one of those shows that when it came on when I was younger, I had a hard time grabbing it. Like it just didn't quite stick. But as an adult, I catch so much more in it. Yeah. And it's way funnier. Do you know what band was on an episode of King of the Hill? I know this isn't a King of the Hill episode, but you know, it was Green Who? Day. Green Day. Well, Green Day. Green Day. It was actually in there uh, after. Um, uh, Nimrod came out and they were kind of uh, they hit a peak, but they were starting to come down. And then Mike Judge was like, "Hey, these guys are still pretty good. Let's put them back out there." And yeah, sorry. Green Day was also in the Simpsons movie, was it? Were they? Yeah, they were. Mm -hmm. They were. Yeah, that they was, were trying uh, to perform, but this uh, on this lake, but the pollution was. And I and just they, remember they were on the book, weren't they? Uh, the well, uh, the main thing I remember is the drummer as they were going, "It's sinking our barge." No. So funny. So to confirm, Beavis and Butthead only from 1993. What do you say? Let me make sure. 1993 to 1997. Daria was from 1997 to 2002. Yeah, I would say it ran longer. Mm -hmm. yeah. Okay. Okay. I didn't realize it ran that that late. Yeah, I know. I didn't either. I was like, damn. So since. That's a good segue into the next sentence I have written here. Uh, the series ran for seven seasons from 1993 <laughs> to 1997. Um, it did have an eighth season in 2011. And then just last year, Paramount Plus picked it up and did some new episodes and even did a brand new movie called Beavis and Butthead Do the Universe. Have either one of you seen the movie? No. I have not seen the movie. Neither. I actually, I started it three different times. And each time it's like, I just, I don't want to uh, not like you. And I stopped. I, I did watch the first episode and part of the second episode and just had to put it down. So, so I didn't, so this is what I was saying earlier, because I wanted to kind of, I knew I hadn't seen any of the new episodes, but I wanted to be kind of familiar with the vibe and it's close. It's, it's not as good as the original, yeah. but it's trying. And I mm -hmm. think I would, I wonder how I would feel if I was 13 and I saw it. Like, I feel like the, the kid in me would have seen the newer episodes and would have appreciated it. Um, 
it, and I hope that's what it does. Like, I hope it sparks a new generation to for something for them to enjoy. Okay, so the first episode, I'll just give you the quick rundown of it. So, uh, the main story. Spoiler of, alert! Yeah, spoiler alert. But um, so the first episode, the main story of it is Beef is a butthead. Followed two girls, or uh, two girls need some more people to go into an escape room. They see Beef as a butthead and grab them, come in. Uh, they go into the place. The girls go in without them looking, and then they go to find the bathroom and. Uh, or they they go to the uh, find the escape room and they wander into the bathroom and they think that that's the escape room and so they're making their way in a disaster in the in the bathroom trying to solve this escape room that they're not in um, and then it's like okay and you could smell the essence of Beavis and Butthead in it right and, right but the whole I think the part that really took me out of it was the whole thing where they would sit and watch music videos. They're not watching music videos. And this is what really kind of killed the whole thing for me. Because I could start watching reality TV clips, right? Reality TV clips and viral videos. Yeah. And it's like it once I saw that, it was like I I could hang on to your episode, to your story, but that just that killed it for me. Because what I was really looking forward to and I put it on was them watching the videos, and I wanted to watch see them watch current videos. And make fun of them in the same way that they used to. Like it just, but, I feel like that would have been so good. But like I said a minute ago, if I was thirteen, would that speak to me? Like no. we aren't, we are not the target demographic for this we, new series. And we so, should be though, because we watched it when we were kids. And now we're adults, and so we can afford Paramount Plus. Yeah, but I think, I think honestly, from a marketing standpoint, they got us. They already know that, hey, they recognize the IP. They might watch it. But we need to do something to get more new people to watch Mm -hmm. it. And I think by making them watch TikToks and viral videos. You're you're, you're talking to kids' language nowadays. I just just temper, just danger from his point on in your life. Temper your expectations. Take them down to nothing. That way you can't be disappointed. That's it's true. That simple. I've learned to do that. And that's why my my heart's still good. When you and reach I don't have that ripe gray hair, when you reach that ripe old age like Sarge has, you have to learn to do these things to you know not push yourself over the edge. You can't go too hard anymore. No, you're you, not the uh, young man you, you used to be. I'm you're not. not a you're not a spring chicken. Nope. <laughs> no. It was fine. It was fine. Yeah. And I, I do want to watch the new movie at some point. Um, yeah, but, I will too. But that's that's about it. That's sort of the the history there. What I think is what I think is really interesting is that a show about two absolute dipshits who do everything wrong has been so influential for so long. Because I mean, say what you will about the writing and the the humor of the show, there's so much in our pop culture right now that sort of originated with beavis and butthead Mm -hmm. you know i go back to Mm -hmm. the the video commentary and stuff there's so many youtube channels that that's all it is it's a guy's head in the bottom corner as he talks about a music video or an album or a movie and beavis and butthead did that 30 years ago Mm -hmm. you know and we didn't even get into like the video games and the merchandising and stuff i played the hell out of that sega game 
Yes. Um, where you so, okay. where you tried to get the Guar tickets. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Guar. And I believe they were run over by a lawnmower. And for some reason, like the pieces were scattered all over town. I remember like why these things yes. happened. I just remember playing it and um and getting very, very mad at it because I remember there was one uh one part where I was stuck out back of the restaurant they worked at and I could yeah. not get back in the door. And I couldn't figure out, I'm going to go back and review this. I'm going to do it because as an adult, I probably will still get mad. The code to get in the door is the numbers like on a telephone that spell out the word butthead. Yeah. I got that eventually. And that was when it was time to return it to the store. That's (laughs) what I rented it from. But okay. So there's two things. So one thing I hit on earlier at the very beginning and then uh, briefly uh, within all of it. How many episodes did you say that he was contracted for? Did you say did you say sixty episodes? It was sixty five. Okay, sixty five episodes. So you actually can't get all the original episodes that originally aired on DVD in the U.S. because of the controversy in I believe it was the first twelve episodes where they were really getting their footing, and so you can get bits and pieces of them, but. You can actually find in other countries, Australia and Japan mainly, you can find DVD copies of those episodes. And what will happen is you'll get to a part where you'll see Beavis like playing the lighter and then it'll change quality to like VHS quality ah, because gotcha. they had to go and they pull, they had to pull old VHS clip to put mm-hmm. into that place. And that's the only way that I have found out because i i was actually looking into it preparing for this and i found that really interesting and i kind of want to get my hands on it just to get my hands on it you know just to have it but um also there is one bit of beavis and butthead i guess we'll call it trivia that i am going to say you monster don't know okay all right on three episodes of the show step by step there are two characters that are 100% modeled after Beavis and Butthead. And I do not remember if they ever said their names, but it is so blatantly obvious and so cringeworthy to go back and watch. And you can find the clips of it, but I very vividly remember there is a scene where Beavis and Butthead are like, it's at a party in their house and they are trying to watch scrambled porn on a TV in the Lambert's home. <laughs> yep. I got some go. trivia for you guys. <laughs> mm. Yeah, sure. Yeah. You, you, you guys want this trivia? Sure. Did you know that our listeners can get one free month of podcasting through Podbean if they go to podbean.com slash danger sarge and sign up for, for sign up for a podcast site? Of course, terms and conditions apply, but they can still get a free month. I don't know if you guys do that or not. I didn't, I, and you are the king of segways. That was I, incredible. I knew that that was a thing, but I did not know that terms and conditions would apply. So uh, thank yeah. you for including that and bringing it home. Well, guys, thanks for listening to me gush over one of my favorite TV shows, and and let me uh, let me just say it was a lot of fun. I enjoyed it. So I'll leave you with this little trivia question here: oh, Why? Why can't you hear a pterodactyl going to the bathroom? Oh, because it's because the P is silent. Well, I don't like your like, oh, oh, that's because, oh, okay. I have a four year old that tells me jokes. Okay. 
I have a four-year-old that constantly talks about butts and poop and pee. I actually had to fuss at her today because she <laughs> shoved her grandma and said, move, butthole. And I said, wait a minute. Wait a minute. You weren't watching Beavis and Butthead with me. Stop it. You can't do that. Oh, my gosh. What kind of a role model are you? Okay, so I really appreciate the fact that uh, she's bringing back uh, calling people a butthole because we just don't call people buttholes enough. And we I should. love it. We should. We really should bring back butthole. I like it. Not the butthole or my butthole, but we, we should just work butthole back into the vernacular. So, so my friend was showing me his tool shed, pointed <laughs> to the ladder, and said, that's my stepladder. Not my real letter. Oh, God. Oh, gosh. I don't know how I'm going to follow those gems. I mean, really. I I really do not know. I mean, what has four legs and is always ready to go? An elephant? Because it already has its trunk. Hmm. I thought you were going to say something about the horse she used to ride to school on. No. Oh. So he, he has to go up to the dry erase, uh, sorry, the chalkboard, and you know, you know, and, and clean the slate off. That way we can write on it every day. I I thought maybe you had to go up and grab the chisel and the hammer to do your homework on your tablet. <laughs> the old school tablets. Yeah, not for your Sarge's, not your iPad tablet. For for Sarge's first science fair, he created the wheel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was a good one. All right, so, I got nothing. All right. All right. <laughs> so since Close we did, out. since we did talk about cartoons this or an animated show this whole time. I don't get why Marvel doesn't use Hulk to advertise more. He has a big banner. True. Oh, true. Yep. How does a cucumber become a pickle? It goes through a rather jarring experience. Mm. I'm stopping it. I'm stopping it right here. (laughs) Thank you all for tuning in. Hey, and by the way, by the way, sorry, I'm going to stop you there because we need to tell people to reach out to us on Twitter, Facebook, uh, Instagram, just like, just Google danger and Sarge and just skip past the first few because that's probably not us. But, you know, danger Sarge on Twitter, Facebook, and uh, Instagram. Uh, shoot us an email at dangerandsarge at gmail.com yep. and uh, go check us out hey, on uh, hey on the YouTubes. Hey, hey, monster. Yes. hey monster. Yes, What sorry. type of an instrument do you find in a bathroom? Shall we just stop recording now? Just I could end it. What kind? A tuba toothpaste. Tuba toothpaste. God. <laughs> <laughs> Are dad jokes supposed to make you violently angry? Because like <laughs> that's what it does. Like that's I'm part smiling. Of the for me is watching I'm you smiling, get but I'm sweating and I can <laughs> I can feel the pressure. It's not good. Oh, it's uh, great. But yes, thank you for the plug, Danger. Yes, yeah. please communicate with us. We want to talk to you. We want to hang In your out. words, that we could put a plug wherever. <laughs> oh, see, we're I if I edit this episode, <laughs> no one will know. Okay. Oh, don't worry, we'll have love, love, backup copies. Oh god. Okay, well. All right. I am, I am monster. I am danger. Say, I am Sarge. Thanks for tuning in tonight. Good night, everybody. Bye. Later. It's over. Done. Done.